There are 200 seniors at Midvale High and seven days till graduation. The class of 81 is going out in style and they're having the time of their life. It's been a great year for Midvale High. The track team finished first in the state. Then again, Midvale always produces winners. Sally Prescott is the top gymnast in the school. She plans to go to college in the fall. Paula Kastoff won five cross-country events in the past year. She jogs to school every morning. Ralph Johnson is the football team's star halfback. Pete McFarland set the state record in the pole vault. Tony and Dolores were king and queen of the prom. The class of 81's being fitted for caps and gowns and coffins. There's 200 seniors at Midvale High and seven days till graduation. Too bad there'll be no one to celebrate with. Graduation Day. Video nasty, a 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 video nasty. Hello and welcome to It's a Nasty World, the podcast all about censored cinema and the video nasties. I am Ashley McNasty here with my lovely co-host Elmo Four One Five. Hello, Elmo415 here. Hope everyone is having a good night. Uh, the movie we are checking out tonight is Graduation Day from 1981. Woo! Class of 81, baby! Class of 81. But before we go into this, a serious content warning. There are scenes of violence, murder, creepy guys, and disco music that will make you think you are watching a different movie. <laughs> I mean, this... So... This movie, it's clearly like a cheap ripoff of Prom Night. Like, it, down to like the 1980s still doing disco music in it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a hybrid ripoff if you took Prom Night and mixed it with Friday the 13th, except you didn't have as much money put into it. Yeah, there, it's a, or general creativity. <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, it, this is a weird and somewhat frustrating film to watch because on some hands it can do it, it has like the germ of what could have been like a somewhat decent film in it but it's like other parts of it are just strangely hamstrung and most of the kills aren't particularly good and it's like there's only a couple of create like truly creative uh, kills out there and it, it just 
the rest of them is just like, oh yeah, the killer kills them with a knife it, it, while running in the park. The killer kills them again with a knife while running in the park. Well, yeah, so... Wooden leading lady is wooden. Yeah, this this movie just starts out... Because it starts out with the disco music and the uh, track team at the beginning kind of giving you some prom night vibes. And then the very first kill of this movie is literally like... I think it was the first kill of the first Friday the 13th. I think they just... He just slashes a girl's throat in the woods, and it's very much like Friday the Thirteenth. Oh yeah, no, it's it's is POV from the killer's point of view, kind of like you know doing the little bit of the shaky handy cam thing, uh, you know, looking at someone through the forest, and it's like okay, all right, it's like it's a bit of a ripoff, but let's see what goes from here, and it kind of doesn't. <laughs> yeah, um, and there's um. Immediately, too, one thing that really bothered me in this movie is, you know, there's a scene where a woman's being picked up by uh, by a truck driver. She's hitchhiking and he's giving her a ride into town and he's just super creepy, sexually harassing her. And then she she grabs his grabs his balls to make him stop and threatens to cut them off or something. And he's like, oh, lady, you're you're crazy. Are you gay or something? And then you're a lesbo. Yeah. And. The thing is, is what what was really annoying is that that guy just drops her off and doesn't get killed. I was like, I was really rooting for that dirtbag to get killed at the beginning of the movie. But nope, he gets to live a full life. I am mad this character gets to live a full life. He yeah, sucks. It, it's weird because like you'd figure for like, yeah, this is like a, just like a trashy, just like, you know, we're going to ride the coattails of like more popular slashers type film. And you'd figure, like, oh, yeah, we're going to have, like, a trashy, sleazy guy like that in the film, but then we're going to set him up as doing bad things and, like, creepy vibes to women. Well, actually, no, just straight up, like, almost sexually assaulting someone. He's, like, putting his hand on her leg and, like, moving, like, way up after she's, like, told him to stop. And it's like, okay, wow, this is getting, like, oddly uncomfortable very early into the film. Uh, I think it's, like, what, the first five minutes? Yeah, and, and, and no kill. What is that? Yeah, what is no, that? Yeah, no and, kill. And then, like, they totally set him up to be like, "Oh, you have committed the moral. You have you have committed a moral transgression. You shall be dealt with by the killer." But then it's like, "Nope." I guess he's just there. All right, and then he drives away, and that's the last we see of him. Never to be seen again. He gets to live a perfectly comfortable life while everyone else gets murdered. Where that's is true. the justice? <laughs> Absolutely, it, it's yeah, the the. It's like, it's, so even that stuff like that, like the film can't even, yeah, it's a frustrating film because on some, on one hand, they're like the editing in the film can get very creative at times. And especially when they like have like the right soundtrack to it, because the music in the film, when there is music actually works pretty well. And Mm -hmm. they're able to use it in combination with some pretty interesting editing to kind of like juxtapose usually like you know, a kill that's happening with, like, a song, or just, like, you know, use the song to really set the mood. And then there's just, like, other scenes like this where it's, like, you know, you have these, like, stock characters set up, and you figure, like, oh, the killer's gonna get this guy next. And then they just, like, never really fall through on it. And just, and it doesn't even seem to be in a red herring way. It just seems like, no, oh, just, like, this is just a missed opportunity. Yeah, and this this movie is just full of like 
cliches. Like this is this is such like the regular meat and potatoes bare bones slasher movie of the eighties. I mean, there's even a reoccurring a uh, reoccurring theme with after the killer kills someone there's a picture there's a picture of all the people he wants dead and then with lipstick he crosses out the, out the face you know i'm like that is that is a trope as old as time like even in 1981 i think that was already a played out horror trope you know the kill list you know right yeah and uh, what else? They also have. Ooh, the, he's uh, using lipstick, so he must be crazy and have mummy problems. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it? He also is doing like the uh, the the black gloved hand with the stopwatch. All the kills are thirty seconds yeah. because it's weird. This film is called Graduation Day. Yet graduation. They had a brief graduation ceremony. Or it's, a gra- it's not even a graduation ceremony. It's a graduation rehearsal. That happens in the beginning of the film that never really actually plays back into the plot of the film once. Like, I don't think we don't actually see a graduation in the film. Yeah, we only see the <laughs> rehearsal for the graduation. Yeah. I don't... Like, this is more like this This film shouldn't be called Graduation Day, it should be called Track Meet. Because, like, it seems like at least some of the kills are like based around some track and field and kind of like athletic and like and you know collegiate athletics more so than and just happens to take place at a school at like a high school which also strangely enough is like a catholic high school which is weird because they're not wearing uniforms at all and there's like no indications or vibe that it's a catholic school other than uh the principal telling uh everyone that the Monsignor will uh, read a benediction before the uh, ceremony, and then you know I'll be handing out the diplomas. It's like, wait, the Monsignor? It's like, and we never see the Monsignor. We don't see. There's no indication whatsoever, other than that single line that it's a Catholic high school. But there's enough there. It's like, wait, what? Like, this just seems like a normal ass. Like, why would that? be in the film i don't know it's like like was this just like left over from an earlier draft of the script where they're like gonna actually say a catholic high school but then they realized oh we don't really have the budget for this so instead of like buying a bunch of matching uniforms for wardrobe we just kind of have people bring what they own and one thing and we're we're also talking about about a little bit about this earlier it's like this movie is a slasher cliche like almost like they had a checklist of like what they needed to do to make this slasher movie because it also follows the you know in the late 70s i think we had the late 70s early 80s that time frame i think there was like there was halloween there was black christmas there was christmas evil april fool's day new year's evil and it almost seemed like they were going through this checklist and they're like what national holiday have we what what holiday or what kind of day haven't we done yet you know it's almost like this little checklist like they're just looking at every it's true and then we even because they also have like home sweet home is like the thanksgiving one which i gotta say the juxtaposition between this film and home sweet home which by all accounts on a technical level is a much worse made film than this film but god damn is it so much more of an entertaining movie like I'd go back and watch that movie 
maybe first of anything we've watched for this podcast already because it was so fucking funny and so entertaining and they realized like we have so little to work with we can create enough just weird and interesting filler content and just have people like create their own characters on the set basically that eventually we will actually make content for this film and it will be entertaining somehow yeah and um so this one is kind of like have you ever seen a an 80s slasher movie okay if you've seen any 80s slasher movie you've in a way have already seen this movie you know <laughs> right it's like it's almost like this film could like almost replace half of like the dialogue with like just like scatting like jazz scatting and then <laughs> but and, like because you don't really need it you just like kind of like you just have this stuff like just noises coming out of mouths and just kind of like people moving through scenes and just having the beats happen but just with it with only a couple exceptions there, there's really there's no panache to it really there's no there's nothing particularly special that makes it stand out it really is just riding the coattails of other slashers very hard i feel like just like there was a this was probably a very short shooting schedule and yeah. they just were kind of looking to like yeah we're gonna get something out we're just gonna it'll be another slasher movie you know it's another scare people were gonna go see it those other ones made a lot of money maybe this one make it a lot can make yeah. a lot of money and it seemed like they were struggling for ideas on like what what the killer would dress up like you know because always you know later in the movie in most slasher movies and pretty much all of them you see you see the mask and the entire they're where the killer's wearing and this killer runs around in fencing gear and i'm sorry but i am just not personally scared of people who fence like i don't know i don't think the wardrobe a fencing wardrobe is slightly intimidating i don't know it's like because well, you know it's just gonna be like some guy from like like a, a, a like a really preppy east coast college or east coast school yeah. just like like doing prep like just like doing fencing it's yeah it's not really i don't know there i think you can there's a way that you could make the idea of like a killer wearing like a fencing mask you could make that scary and you could build tension and like suspense with it but that's not really what this film does. There, there's very little like serious tension or suspense built up in this film, partially because they give us really so little to care about the main characters. Yeah. Like the reasons for this even happening are just completely nonsensical. It just it turns out the killer is crazy. Like he just like he blames other people for the death of his sister. It's yeah. like when clearly no, it just like he he's like. I don't know. It, it just none of it really comes off as very believable, or just make in a way that makes you care yeah. about it. Like, yeah, a lot of the kills are pretty. They're pretty. Dull. I mean, I guess to contrast this with, I mean, because Friday the Thirteenth, the original one, you never get to see the killer until the very end, and there isn't really even a mask involved in that one. It's all just POV shots. Whereas. And then prom night, I believe that's a killer with a ski mask on, and like, but the, and they're kind of like doing the giallo thing of like the gloved hand with a yeah. big knife, though. But there's something about like, it, like the knife is big and it gleams in the like in the camera lights, it, and it, there, there's something a bit more like okay, there is there's a, there's a little bit more stylization going on that one. You see, ski masks are scary because burglars often use ski masks. 
to burgle houses to hide their identity before they rob you or break into your house. You see, like... I thought I it was more because people are afraid of skiers. Who are these strange people who <laughs> glide across the snow? <laughs> these better... banshees of the white... Of, of the white blight. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like... Wait, I realize, like, wait, if, if the killers are just skiers, though, like... Can they only get you if you're in the snow and once you get to a town that's not snowing, you're safe? They're just like, they're just like, oh, curses, you got away from, you got out of Salt Lake City, Utah, and we can't touch you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, are there any, like, skiing or explicitly, like, winter-based, like, slasher films? I, 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 I think mostly no, just because it tends to be a lot more difficult and more expensive to shoot in the snow and in the winter. Well, what about Santa slashers? Oh, I guess, but yeah. is there that much snow in those? I mean, there is some snow in Silent Night, Deadly Night, but we already covered that. So. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, it's true. No, no, there is snow in that one, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm just trying to think, like, is there, like, like, murders at the ski lodge kind of a movie? Uh, I think there was some of that in the movie Ice Spiders, which, by the way, is a terrible but amazing movie. Oh, that... that's a sci-fi original, yeah. Yeah. They, I know, they, I've they, seen it, part of it. Oh, yeah. That, oh. It's it's, mm-hmm. a, uh, it's, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Chef's yeah. kiss, baby. Yeah, chef's kiss, yeah, Yeah, for people, sure. oh, Sharknado, Sharknado. Come on. Yeah, oh, yeah, fair weather. You were there for Sharknado. Where were you for fucking Ice Spiders? Ice Spiders, honestly, Ice Spiders kind of gave me exactly what... I was hoping Sharknado would give me that, like, Sharknado has its moments, but Ice Spiders just had me rolling on the floor. <laughs> Ice, we need to be there for Lake Placid 4. You know, like, yes. Uh, just the like CG we were... giant alligator. Now you got me thinking of when we were in uh, Amoeba Music in San Francisco earlier, and I'm looking, and you can get um, the DVD of the movie Carnosaur 3 for $45. Now, who is actually willing to spend $45 to get a physical copy of Carnosaur 3? I want to meet the human that buys this. There's got to be some good special features on there for $45. $45 for, yeah. Wow, we really went on a tangent. (laughs) No, that's okay. Tangent away. Tangent away. It's Because, frankly, it's like... Even that, like, that would be a much, like, any of these things, like, I think the point we're making is, like, there's, even, like, the novelty, it's, like, part of the way to, like, make a slasher interesting is, the, like, maybe you, like, if you're, if there's a novelty of it, it's, like, okay, so are we gonna have an interesting setting or an unusual setting? It's, like, yeah, like, okay, so, you know, Halloween kind of just start off with like, yeah, we're just gonna do it in a normal neighborhood, and there's a cra- like a crazy man, a strange presence who invades and starts killing people. Uh, Friday thirteenth, so oh, it's summer camp and like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, it's like you know, it's like some old abandoned place near a weird meatpacking plant. Yeah, you know? just kind of it's there. You know, you can kind of get through that. You know, just by like having you know, like think of like, oh, this is an interesting place. You know, what can we do with this place and setting and for this, just like a high school track, and no javelin deaths. There are no javelin deaths. Like no shot putting, no discus deaths. I mean, I, like I you can like kill the... someone with a shot put. It's okay. Like... I I gotta give one thing I can give this movie is. 
that the pole vault. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's yes. a character jumps over a pole vault and under the blanket where he's supposed to land, which would normally cushion, yeah. would be a cushion. There's big spikes that kill him. And I got to give this movie that that was a cool kill. And, you know, it's like a, besides that, when I'm thinking about this movie, it's like we're struggling on things to talk about this movie we kind of got to where like are there any uh famous people in this movie we could talk about well actually it turns out there's a cut there's uh one of the uh actresses in this film ends up being uh she ended up being an 80s horror scream queen uh and she's in a couple other movies that make the video nasties list and um yeah, I think yeah. she was in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, yeah like she she plays Dolores in the film. What was her? It's like was it Leanne Quigley or something? Yeah, something, something like Quigley. That. So yeah, because she was in yeah she was in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, she was in a couple. Was it Don't Go? Was she was in one of the Don't movies? She um, yeah, we haven't covered. Was it Don't Go? Don't Go by the, the Park one. Don't Go I, by the Park. It's one of. Those. It's one There's of. The, so it's, many. She was in one of the Don't movies, uh, but then she was also in um, Return of the Living Dead, and she plays. Uh, the punk girl trash who does a strip who you know does a strip tease and goes topless while you know dancing on top of a uh, grave yeah i've i've like i've heard i mean i'm not going to out them but i said that it's like are you, are you even punk rock if you like haven't masturbated to the strip tease scene in return of the living dead i was like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> i mean because yeah it's true that that yeah i mean honestly it's too bad that one never got banned because, god damn, that's a very great movie. Yeah, these movies don't generally get banned for being good. You know, and when we were uh, re-watching this movie, we were talking about how there really isn't, like, that much violence in this. Not enough to, like, warrant banning it and how how these, like, how these underground movies would get banned, but movies that have way more violence. So I was thinking of, like, mainstream movies that had more violence. I mean, even, like, The Shining and Nightmare on Elm Street were more violent than this movie, and neither of those got banned. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very interesting that I can understand why The Shining didn't get banned, because that was, it was a Stanley Kubrick movie. There was big money behind that movie uh, by a major studio, and typically, I mean, there are some exceptions, but typically... Uh, the BBFC would not go after films like that. And especially because mm-hmm. it was a director like Kubrick who actually by then had been living in England for quite some time and uh, you know, was a you know highly respected Academy Award winning director. Uh, and so they would kind of never uh, even th- try to think about banning something that could even be potentially considered uh, you know, high art or have any sort of artistic pretension behind it. Yeah. Whereas a film like this clearly doesn't. But Friday the 13th, that's pretty interesting because that, I mean, there's enough violence in that you think it would warrant, uh, you know, getting on this list. Yeah, well, but, yeah. Friday the 13th got on the list, yeah. No, it did. Oh, no, no, sorry. Did I say, fr- I always do this. I said Friday the 13th. I meant Nightmare on Elm Street. I, I honestly, I can, I mix up the titles of those films so fucking much, and I don't know why. I guess maybe because they're always they're very different movies, but they're always like associated with each other. Like whenever you talk about horror movies, to like because well, Freddy and Jason, I mean, Freddy, Freddy they had their Jason. own crossover movie. Yeah, which, I, mean, I love like, that movie. Yeah, you know, I still haven't seen it. You haven't seen Freddy vs. Jason? No, I haven't seen Freddy vs. Jason. 
Okay. Anyway, scheduling movie night. And that's aside <laughs> from uh, that's aside from this. But yeah, and um, this movie was also distributed by Troma, who's done movies like you know the Toxic Avenger or Troma's War, Class of Nukem High, like very well, so we obscure got teenage cat girls in heat. Yeah. Uh, was it the uh, Attack of the Killer Con- Attack of the Killer, Killer Tomatoes? Um, a killer condom. Yeah, the killer condom. Was there was it? that one that I think it was like Billy Bob Thornton's first movie. Was Wait, some, for real? I think it, I mean, I could be incorrect. I've been wrong before and I could be wrong again, but. Let's be wrong live on air. Let's be wrong live on air, but I know it. it's at least an early movie with Billy Bob Thornton. It, it's like some kind of like motorcycle zombie chicks movie or something oh, like hell that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm to see that. Yeah, and um, unfortunately, I don't think it got banned, but I think it's kind of more of the, like a horror comedy Just or something. Just like the, like the cult of trauma itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, this one, this one is just, a, this one just got picked up by trauma because, I mean, trauma picks up a lot of movies that nobody else wants, you know? Like Cannibal the Musical, apparently like no other film studio would take Cannibal the Musical. That's why it's a trauma movie. Yeah, it's it's well. I guess also, it, like I could see the appeal of Trump trying to pick this up and then distribute it with the this film, you know, as banned, you know, this, you know, this, like you know, see the now banned film, Graduation Day. Oh yeah, they they always loved. Like I think there is definitely a few trauma titles on the video nasties list for sure. Or at least banned somewhere, because yeah, trauma really thrives on controversy, and I got mad love for trauma. Like I love a lot of trauma movies, even though like, yeah, you're gonna have to sift through a lot of, with trauma. It's like you have to sift through a lot of bad ones, but when you find a good trauma movie, the good trauma movies are fucking phenomenal. That's oh, my yeah. opinion. <laughs> like once you get that really good trauma movie, because some of the movies they just they'll do shit in movies that they won't do in any other movies like Tromeo and Juliet which I think is an amazing movie I still haven't, I haven't seen that one ooh we yeah, gotta I, get you up I'm on your trauma bit, I'm a bit of a novice to trauma I think like oh I grew up on trauma this one and it was yeah this one and uh, Cannibal Cannibal the musical I saw but that was about it I think mm. um, I remember actually it was strangely enough my math tutor in high school like mentioned Killer Condom and uh, Teenage Cat Girls and Heat, and I was all of a sudden. Wait, your teacher? <laughs> no, no, my math tutor. He was like, he was oh, like, tutor. He was a year older than me. It was like I was like a freshman. He was a sophomore. And oh, like, and so he was like talking about. It, I mentioned it, and I'm like, I just all of a sudden take a mental. Teenage first... Cat Girls and Heat. Um, what's going on there, and why do I have strange feelings thinking about that? <laughs> I. Yeah, when you, when you first said tutor, I kind of like my brain went to teacher, and I just pictured some like old teacher and a bunch of children in a room, and he's like, "You know what, kids? I want to talk to you about killer condom." <laughs> like, like, what context would a teacher yeah. bring that up? Listen, it's a it's a film about a comedy that bites guys' dick off. It, guys bites guys' dicks off. It's uh, it's a German noir gay detective film, also. <laughs> yeah, which I. I kind of wish we were reviewing that one tonight, but <laughs> I mean, it's, it, I, it honestly is so strange. What does and doesn't make it? Because like a lot of these films are are so fucking obscure and strange, but just like the only reason they're really known is because they make the list. I mean, I know there's like I think there's at least one or two films that I've looked up, and you 
cannot really find them. That was, I think that one, like, GHB or GBH, like... You, oh, like, I think I actually found a oh, way to watch it. Oh, my God, really? Because, yeah. like, there is nowhere that streams it. As far as I know, you cannot really buy this on... Um, on home media in oh, any it, way. It doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Yeah, there's it no Wikipedia doesn't. page. There's only a there's only an IMDB page. Uh the information on it's pretty minimal. And there there's just there's really not a whole lot out there. I mean, how did you what did you find on it? I think it's like a, I think it, I found it on uh, you remember those like those weird YouTube playlists? It's on one of those. Oh, so. okay. So like it might be available on YouTube. Yeah, so but um I will look for it again. Okay, I will look yeah, for it again. Because that's like you know, some of these are so obscure, but it's like, yeah, it is kind of a mystery why certain ones get banned and certain other ones don't, even considering the other ones that don't are also, like, equally as trashy or even more gory. Oh, yeah, it's like, there's plenty of movies that came out the same year that had more sex, more violence, more inappropriateness, more cursing, more cursing like, than this movie, but somehow, you know, That's this little movie just gets slapped into the section three of the Video Nasties list, while other really way more intense movies are just being shown at mainstream theaters, you know? Actually, you know, it's pretty interesting. I did kind of note this. I don't think any of the films on here were really banned for sexual content. Um, because especially considering that, uh, I mean, I haven't seen any of these films, but like there's a pretty long going, uh, British film series. That's not James Bond. It's the yeah. second longest film series in history. I believe it's called the carry on series. Yeah. And it's kind of like these body British sex comedies where it's usually like, you know, some woman get her top torn off and then, you know, you get to see boobs for a second before she like, you know, com comedically covers them up and stuff. And so there was like a lot of nudity they would actually make it on and sexual content that would make it on the screen uh, in Britain. But it seems to be it was primarily the violence that would, they were really going after in these films. Yeah. Yeah, because like, I'm really trying to rack my brain. It's like, yeah, I, was like, I don't... It's mostly just violence. And you, you'd figure, especially, you know, kind of... Well, wasn't the, the moral panic was uh, regarding crime going up, so I think that's... Maybe why the, because um, wasn't the video nasties kind of like a scapegoat for like why like crime was going up in the country too? Well, I think that was, yeah, I think that was kind of like the, maybe some of the alleged, yeah, I don't really, I, well, actually I think it was, be, no, no, it was initially because uh, there was no rating system for home media because home media was so new mm. and I guess under British law, if I'm remembering this correctly, I mean, I might not be correct in this. I don't know. I just do a podcast about the subject that I don't fucking know about. Um, <laughs> but uh, it seems like they're not qualified in anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like they were, there was a rating system for um, feature films that would go into theaters, but there was not a rating system for home media so you know and all these stores just like you know well just especially just a lot of corner stores just start buying up shit tons of vhs's and just selling them and there was absolutely no quality control and i think you know partially because of the you know kind of conservative lurch of the thatcher years uh you know they were able to kind of generate a moral panic about this and quite literally do government censorship of film yeah you, you know it's funny i i'm coming to the realization i think like this is the most we've talked on an episode about, like, the actual Video Nasties controversy itself. Yeah, you know, actually, 
to be fair, you know what? If we actually, we should do an episode where we um, watch and review. Uh, there's a couple of documentaries that have actually made about the video nasties that are pretty good and exhaustive and actually include interviews by uh, the head censor who seemed to openly participate in the documentary and seemed to be proud of his work. So, yeah, it's... Uh, frankly, I think they're... I think I watched the first one. I think I watched half the second one. Uh, we should go through and watch those and actually talk about the origins of uh, the thing. Maybe we can do that uh, for some future episode. Yeah, because we usually either end up talking about, like, how great the movie or how garbage it is. And I was, like, realizing, I was like, wow, this is the longest we've spoken about the video nasties just by themselves. I, I think it's just because this film is, as like, it, it's... It's frustratingly bland without being completely boring. And there's just something that's really... Like, it is such a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes film. <laughs> yeah, we looked at the review and we're like, that seems accurate because I don't hate this movie. I don't love it either. <laughs> yeah, it's not like painfully boring the way that like... Uh, don't Go in the Basement or Nightmare was... Oh yeah, we, but, I, I don't think we've outdone Nightmare yet. Though, yeah, this, and go, yet don't go in the basement. I think may have taken the cake for me on that one. That one was pretty poorly paced and pretty oh, slow. Nightmare was still, in my personal opinion, <sighs> Nightmare was ten times more grueling. You know what? You're convincing me because I'm kind of remembering it. And it was yeah, I I think I think I really hated Don't Look in the Basement, but like nightmare i was like physically getting angry at the movie <laughs> i think it's because that one starts off okay and then it just like and then it just like loses the thread 10 minutes into the film yeah don't look in the basement kind of just lets you know it's a stupid movie the i mean to be fair it's like it does know what it is yeah, yeah. it's it's very self-aware nightmare yeah. is not <laughs> Yeah, so, um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add to this? Oh, actually, you know, there's one important kill we didn't get to. Ooh, what uh, kill is that? It is the football player. Oh, yeah. Is, uh, of course, another jogging in the park kill. Yeah, um, that's a big thing throughout I think this. There was a, there's at least three of those in the film. There's, there's enough jogging in the park kills that not all of them are worth talking about. <laughs> but this one is a little special. Uh, the football player... Ends up uh, throwing his ball into uh, the brambles, the bushes, and he sees the uh, the fencer, and you know, see like, hey, give it back, man, give it back, and then he, uh, like the fencer, you know, throws the you know the fencer, the killer, throws the football back, but the football now has um, a fencing saber sticking that's like sharpened to a point sticking out of the front of the football and it just goes straight through his chest and impales him <laughs> like you know what yeah a for creativity there it's like if there was just more goofy ass kills like that in this movie oh, mwah, chef's oh kiss, this baby. would be the perfect movie if it was just 95 percent bizarre kills it's bizarre kills and honestly no Javelin kills for a fucking track and field slasher film. Come on. It's <coughs> one of the track and field events is literally throwing an actual weapon. Yeah. <laughs> From Greek antiquity. Very, Please. very missed opportunity. There. Like, actually, it's like, come on. Shot puts and javelins can fucking kill people. Like, <laughs> And they have. People have gotten hit by javelins during actual track and field events and have died. It's like, this is the thing that can actually happen. And it's like, or you know, archery, nothing, like nothing. 
Nothing. It, this is a film. Well, they of, couldn't do archery because archery was a big thing in the original Friday the Thirteenth. Oh my god! So the fuck what? This whole thing is a rip off of it. That it's is like, a very good if point. If you're gonna rip it off, rip it the fuck off. I mean, Sleepaway Camp is basically just Friday the Thirteenth with a trans killer. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just like it. Yeah, th- that's why this movie is so frustrating because it's almost good. It's it's just it's almost good. It's wasted potential. Yeah, wasted potential. But uh, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, yeah, I mean, I love trauma, but this isn't your best. <laughs> nope. Well, I think that's about it. I think that's about it. All, All right. right. Wrap it up for the night. I have been Ashley McNasty. And I'm Elmo415, and, and it's been a nasty world. Stay nasty. Stay nasty. Should be.